listening to the podcast 82488. Everything was for us, except they weren't for us at all. They were for Rebecca Finch. Two big catalogs this time. One all about home furnishings and the other filled with different kinds of makeup. I'd never bothered much with makeup, but looking at the befores and afters on the front made me wonder if it was worth having a rethink because it appeared as though you could turn yourself into a whole new person if you put your mind to it. I shouldn't have opened them, but it didn't feel quite as bad if you'd already done it before, which is a bit like being a serial killer, I suppose. And that was a selection from today's novel, A Tidy Ending, by author Joanna Cannon. of strangers and the scream of a television set and the beat of distant traffic when your head spills over with the unbroken wine of other people's lives. If you happen to stumble upon one of these pockets of nothing, you should sit in it for a while. It's the only way to make sense of it all because it helps you to unpick the rest of the day. Mother always said I lived in a world of my own. But what she didn't realize was that was the very thing I could never manage to find for myself. That night, once I filled up my eyes with the silence, I gave the workshops a good going over and filled the kettle. I put another load of washing in the machine, backwards and forwards, measuring my life along the tiles. We think we're on a journey, but really we're just carving out the same little paths up and down a kitchen, an office, a factory floor, a supermarket aisle, kidding ourselves we're moving forward, when all we're really doing is retracting the same life over and over again. Afterwards, I stood in the carpet quiet of the hall, trying to fit myself into an evening that waited behind a living room door. There was still some unpacking left to do from the move, and I looked over at it stacked against the far wall. Most of our lives still lingered in the cardboard boxes. We'd taken out all of the things we actually used, and the rest just shifted around from room to room. DVDs we never watched, books we never read, things Terry hadn't touched in 12 months, but still insisted he might need at some point and clothes of mine that made me wonder if I used to be a whole other person. All these different versions of who we were, and we didn't feel ready to let any of them go. I told Terry we should put them all in the back bedroom until we had a chance to sort through, but he'd already filled that room up with his junk, and heaven knows what else. Just like he did in the last house, and so the boxes drifted around, Getting under our feet, I stared at them as I listened to Terry giving his opinion to a television set. Page 24. I kept getting up from my crossword and watching for him through the window, and he didn't disappoint. He marched down the path with something plugged into his ear, chatting away to fresh air like people do. In 
a great pile of things in his arms. Everything was for us, except they weren't for us at all. They were for Rebecca Finch. Two big catalogs this time. One all about home furnishings and the other filled with different kinds of makeup. I'd never bothered much with makeup, but looking at the befores and afters on the front made me wonder if it was worth having a rethink because it appeared as though you could turn yourself into a whole new person if you put your mind to it. I shouldn't have opened them, but it didn't feel quite as bad if you'd already done it before, which is a bit like being a serial killer, I suppose. I got through my chores more quickly than usual. Perhaps I was trying to distract myself from thinking about the murder, or perhaps it was the rain beating time against the and hurrying me along. Either way, I decided to ignore my crossword for once and have a flick through the catalogs with a half a cake. Instead, Terry had long since disappeared to get the bus, so I spread everything out on the kitchen table. Perhaps Rebecca Finch had done the same when she lived here, made a collage of clothes and lipsticks and cushions, a comfort blanket stretched across a tablecloth. Rebecca Finch's catalogs weren't like any of the others I'd seen. Not like the ones that came tucked inside the TV guide, filled with handy gadgets you never knew you couldn't manage without. Not like Mother's wide-fitting shoes or Terry's fishing equipment. They were thicker for a start, and the whole experience of reading them had a gloss about it. The first one was filled with pictures of beautiful rooms and beautiful houses, furniture you wouldn't dare sit on, ovens that looked as though they'd never cooked a meal, and fridges so enormous you could fit your whole life in there. I glanced around the kitchen as I turned the pages. Page 88. Chapter 11. I was with mother the day I decided what to do. She had that effect on me sometimes, forced me into a decision, started a ball rolling that no one could stop. We'd arranged to meet in my lunch break. Mother's loyalties lay firmly with the Swiss cottage where she'd eaten the same lunch at the same table for the past 15 years. They played it up for you, Linda, she said. I don't trust any establishment where they expect you to be responsible for collecting your own cutlery. I suggested we might go somewhere else for a bit of a change, somewhere a bit more upmarket, a place where a person like Rebecca Finch might eat. But Mother was having none of it. She'd already made a beeline for the arcade, quickening her pace along the high street weaving her way between lines of school children and women wielding bush chairs in a queue of people trying their best to get into a bank. She didn't even say maybe next time or my mind set on a hot pot. She gave me a tut instead. Mother's tuts were always impressive. They managed to hold a thousand words without the need to ever waste any energy on fashioning them into a sentence. And by the time we reached the arcade, I was quite out of breath. The Swiss cottage was right by the main entrance, and the smell of car park kept making its way through the doors and mixing with the gravy. 
there was very little Swiss about it, to be honest. Our waitress was called Courtney. She was dressed in an embroidered pinafore, but it was worn over the top of a Grateful Dead t-shirt and not enough sleep. The end. A tidy ending. Joanna Cannon. Throughout the fight of literature, you will find a story that touches your soul. Please support the authors in this show by viewing the books on the website 82488.com. That's numbers 824, the word 80.